Greetings, this is Jessica Schmidt, Director of Investment Communications here at Diamond Hill, and this is Understanding Edge. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Kavi Shalar to discuss the latest in the video gaming industry. Kavi is a research analyst at Diamond Hill with a focus on consumer technology, e-commerce, media, and of course, the video gaming industry. Kavi has been with Diamond Hill since 2016. He received his bachelor's degree in both finance and accounting from Elon University and is a CFA charter holder. As always, stay safe and stay healthy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kavi Shalar. Hi, Kavi. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you being here, and uh, I'm looking forward to diving into the video gaming industry today. Uh, it's a particularly interesting area of the market and uh, one that perhaps is sometimes underappreciated. Of course, the pandemic drew more attention to video games as people really around the world spent more time at home. Um, We're going to talk a lot about different aspects of the industry today, but Kavi, could you kick us off by sharing some of the uh, industry trends that we've seen over the past few years? Absolutely. We saw very strong growth in the video game software market. So excluding console sales in 2020, uh, essentially as the pandemic provided an abundance of free time and stimulus also provided disposable income. Uh, Since shelter at home restrictions and stimulus ended, the markets declined at a low single digit pace. Under the hood, we think that there's evidence that it's not just stagnating demand that's driven the recent declines, but also a little bit of a supply issue. We're early in a new console cycle uh, for both Sony and Microsoft, and supply chain issues have made it difficult for players to get their hands on those consoles. The content slate has also been relatively quiet on the premium game side, with many AAA publishers delaying and even canceling games. Much like movies, the bar for launching games is very high and the work is collaborative. So it, it appears that some portion of publishers have struggled to adapt to working remotely, and hopefully that will improve as they get back in the office. Finally, in mobile, uh, which is half of the market, Apple's privacy changes significantly increased the cost of acquiring users and made it more difficult to scale new games. With these things in mind, we think it's not just an issue of stagnating demand and take sort of the supply issues to be transitory um, and something that the, the market will figure out over the long term and remain very excited about the future of video games. And Kavi, you mentioned demand. Um... Has, has anything changed given the current macroeconomic environment? Um, of course, interest rates on the rise uh, as the Fed tries, tries to curb inflation. Has inflation begun to impact demand and consumers' willingness to spend on video games? While video games have historically been resilient during recessions due to their low cost per hour of entertainment, a significant portion of the industry is free to play now. This allows users to continue playing the favorite games and hold off on spending during times of economic uncertainty. Positively, select publishers have indicated that engagement remains strong for their top franchises, which positions them to grow at a faster clip when the economy approves. 
On the premium game side, we also saw niche games with strong reviews get squeezed out this holiday season by reliable blockbuster games that provide consumers with the best bang for their buck, essentially, and reliably. Uh, whether new blockbusters or even games that are 10 years old, like Grand Theft Auto, we saw pretty strong sales there, but that also came at the expense of more niche genres, despite reviews suggesting those are high quality games. So that suggests that Yes, inflation and a weaker economy is weighing on gamers' willingness to, to spend right now, but we're also encouraged by the strong engagement for top franchises. And finally, you know, even with macro the way it was in a quiet release slate, we still had a handful of very strong game launches over the last year or so. Games like Elden Ring, God of War, Pokemon, Call of Duty, and most recently Hogwarts Legacy. This is encouraging because it provides evidence that creating great content will be rewarded regardless of macro factors. Great. So let's let's dive into the, the publishing side now, Kavi. What does it take for a company in this market to be successful? Sure. So the simple answer is to create great games that generate strong returns on investment. Like any other portion of media, content is king if you do it well enough. Obviously, that's easier said than done in video games. Uh, it takes multiple years to make games, significant marketing budgets to launch them, and now an ongoing stream of new content releases to earn players engagement each day. This magnifies the importance of having top-tier creative teams, existing hit franchises with strong brand awareness, scale, and diversification across multiple games and genres when the inevitable flop occurs. You know, at the end of the day, you're making content, it's still going to be a hit-driven industry. So you also need a management team that understands the business well, understands entertainment well, has vision and a long-term time horizon. You also need a strong balance sheet, you know, again, because of the inevitable flops and the ability to continue making games, you know, to, to earn that back in the future. So taking all those things together, we believe we have this in take two and expect that they'll be able to generate strong returns on content investment over the long term. They have the necessary franchise content headlined by Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, NBA 2K, Bioshock, Borderlands, and more. They've also added significant scale and mobile capability with the acquisition of Zynga. Um, they may have overpaid, but we expect that that will pay off for them over the long term, particularly if they can have success in adapting their premium games like Grand Theft Auto to the mobile screen. Their marketing is among the best in the industry, but that's also driven by their scale. Uh, they're currently the third largest independent publisher in the West. So we like their positioning, uh, we like their assets, and then they have a very strong management team led by Strauss Zelnick, who has long-term time horizon and strong vision for the industry, as well as discipline and a focus on allowing his creative teams to thrive. The balance sheet is also fairly strong. Most companies run with net cash in this space historically. They're not quite at that level, but they're in the process of deleveraging after acquiring Zynga. So taking it together, we believe that Take-Two has the necessary content, scale, go-to-market, management team, and balance sheet to, to thrive in this industry over the long term. And that's what drives our confidence in the thesis. Kavi, what other trends are impacting the video game industry on a go-forward basis? Sure. There's, there's been hype around metaverses, AI, and subscriptions. Um, I'll just hit those quickly. I think the metaverse concept is likely to be the future, but we're still pretty far behind on the technological capabilities and the infrastructure needed to provide an immersive enough experience to fulfill its potential. 
AI is a big development for the industry. Um, I don't think it will re replace game developers. You can't tell ChatGPT to write the next Call of Duty and expect success, but it should make them more efficient and allow them to spend more time focusing on the more creative aspects of games. And ultimately that should provide more immersive and fun experiences for players. That said, I, I'm not sure if it will be a, a source of competitive differentiation for anybody. Subscriptions, I, I think the success of Xbox Game Pass is encouraging, but also find that there is less utility in video game subscriptions for the average person than there is in video or music. Just on video, it, the average Netflix user may watch five to 10 titles in a month or two. So it provides strong value for them, but the average video game player may not play that many titles in a year. So I'm, I'm not sure the utility is really there. Uh, obviously it would still be a great deal for consumers if they get the price point right, but it also has to make business sense for the publishers. And it's unclear how that's going to work, especially given how guarded they are and not being disrupted much like, you know, their counterparts in music and video. So Kavid, just to wrap things up, any final words about what we expect to see in the gaming industry moving forward? Sure. If you look at entertainment today, we see very strong competition for people's leisure time. Within video games, I think this is creating a little bit more of a winner-take-all market. For example, if we look at the top 10 games by monthly active users last year, Call of Duty was the only game that was released in 2022. The rest are all released in 21 or earlier. This makes sense if you think about the switching costs for playing a game like Call of Duty. You have to have the necessary skill to enjoy the game and the learning curve is higher than it used to be. If you play with friends, you're probably less likely to leave for a different game unless they're coming with you. And if you invested in the game, whether it be a season pass or buying a new weapon that makes you slightly better at the game than your friends, you're probably going to play that game for a while. In this environment, I believe Take-Two is well positioned to earn their fair share of players' leisure time and ultimately drive intrinsic value growth over the long term. Well, great, Kavi. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm not a gamer myself, but it is quite interesting hearing about the things that have the potential to impact this industry and the publishers within it. So um, I definitely look forward to catching up with you on this topic in future podcasts. Thanks, Jess.